Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Last week when we started this series on prophetic community, what we were doing is we were looking at 1 Samuel chapter 10, and if you remember... This is when Saul had just been anointed as king and Samuel said, hey, you're going to meet some people. They're going to give you some food and then some other people you're going to meet are going to be like some singing prophets and the Spirit of the Lord is going to come on you. And what's interesting about this passage is the Spirit of the Lord doesn't come on Samuel when he's in the presence of the prophet. The Spirit of the Lord comes on Samuel and he prophesies or comes on Saul and he prophesies when he, when he meets the prophetic community. And so part of what we see in this Old Testament passage is that communities have gravity more than individuals do. Like, like how, do we, how, how are we changed? We're changed by the communities that we attach ourselves to. Um, how, do we, how do we affect change in Campbellsville? By becoming a particular kind of community. It's part of what we were recognizing last week. Like what, one of our hopes is for this vineyard to be a prophetic community, a meaning like a, a community that has gravity, especially with the things of the spirit and to the point that when people come here or become a part of our community, they are changed by God. Uh, even quite apart from anybody's will to change somebody in the room. Does that make sense? It's not, it's not so much that, that we're going to become a community that wants to change people. Like I want to change people. I, I don't know if you've realized this or not. You can't change anyone. I can't change anyone, but the community that we become will change people. And that's what we see in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 10. Saul receives the Spirit of the Lord, not when he meets the prophet, but when he, when he meets the community of prophets, you know? And we see also last week that the, that the parallel passage, just the reason we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I told you that this is a parallel passage. It's like a New Testament parallel to the Old Testament because what we're going to read, especially in verses 25 and 26, Paul says, hey, there's some stuff that will happen to unbelievers when they come to you if you're a prophetic community. They will recognize that God is with you. Does that make sense? So that's what we want to be. We want to be a community that has gravity. And the way that the sun holds the solar system together, we want to be a community that has the particular gravity of the kingdom that draws people and holds them in their right place. All right, so here's what I'd like to do this week. I'd like to just pick up from where Pastor Ray left off. We're just going to continue right in. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we're going to pick up at verse 13. This is what Paul says this. He says, so anyone who speaks in tongues, he's been sort of doing this thing, going back and forth between like the gift of tongues in the church and prophecy. He says, so anyone who speaks in tongues should pray for the ability to interpret what has been said. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying I don't understand what I'm saying. Well then, what shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I will also pray in words that I understand. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will also sing in words that I understand. For if you praise God only in the Spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you're saying? You will be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you. Underline the word strengthen. I will thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. 
But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but mature in understanding matters of this kind. It is written in the scriptures, I will speak to my own people through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners. But even then, they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So you see that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not for unbelievers. Even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. But if all of you are prophesying, and if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convicted of sin, judged by what you say, and as they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed. They will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring, God is truly here among you. Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation that God has given, one will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. We'll just stop there. Everything is done to strengthen all of you. Well, here's what I want to do. This week we're looking at these 26 verses in 1 Corinthians and like I said, it is a mirror of 1 Samuel chapter 10. It's about communities and really being a prophetic community. But here's what I want to do today. Um, I want to say this. There are a couple good ways that we could take these verses out of 1 Corinthians and read them. Uh, one way that you could read these verses out of 1 Corinthians would be something along these lines. You could read them as Kind of, a pro, kind of a practical text on how to minister in the gifts of the Holy Spirit when the church is together. Like one of the ways that we could read this is almost like a manual. There, there's enough in here that Paul gives us about the gift of prophecy in the church that we could pick some things out and go, you know what? Here's how like when the Holy Spirit is in the church, this is what prophecy would and should look like. And here's how to do it so that it builds people up and doesn't tear things apart. You can read this passage in that sort of like practical step-by-step manner. Now, the other way to read this passage would be something along the lines of an orienting text, an orienting text for becoming a prophetic community. And I probably need to unpack that just for a moment. Uh, one of the things we're going to do today is we're not going to look at this text uh, as a way to minister uh, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We'll probably do that in a week or two. But today what we're going to do is we're going to look at this text as a way of, of orienting a particular kind of community towards being a particular kind of community. And here's what I mean by orientation and specifics. Uh, how many in the room know that in the cases of maps and directions, that specifics are of little use if we are improperly oriented? Like, details don't matter if you're not headed in the right direction. How many of you know that you can be on the right road, but if you're going the wrong direction, it doesn't matter? Like if someone says, just get on highway I-65 and yada, 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 that's great. Like, but if you're going south when you should have been going north, it literally doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter how accurate you are with respect to being on I-65. You'll never get to where you want to go, right? So even in the case of roads and maps, it's also true 
uh, with the scriptures and with the church itself. Like specifics matter, but what first matters is orientation. Like the direction in which we are picking these things up. And that's what we're going to look at a little bit this morning. And in order to do that, we have to kind of understand a little bit of the context of the Corinthian church. Uh, here's what you need to know about the Corinthian church. They were a mess, like capital M mess. And I'm so glad that we have this record for us. Uh, one of the beautiful things about the New Testament is it's one of the few documents that presents its own failures. You know, most religious documents don't present their own failures. It's actually one of the reasons I believe the Bible uh, it's because it's filled with people who tried to get it but just didn't. And when you're trying to start like a religious order, that's a real bad way to do it. And yet this is God's wisdom, right? And so here's what was happening in Corinth, which is like a city. Uh, Paul went there and preached the gospel of Jesus. They believed. Not only did they believe, but the Holy Spirit came upon them with power. They like spoke in tongues. They prophesied all of the gifts of the Spirit that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13 and 14. Everything that you've ever read in Ephesians 4 or maybe Romans 12, uh, it was all there. Like it was all there. The Spirit came in power. People responded. And not only did the Corinthian church experience the power of the Spirit, and not only did they respond, but they really liked it. This is, this is one of the ways that they got their core identity. And apparently, if you go back and read 1 Corinthians chapter 14 as an outsider, like that's one of the things you have to do with the New Testament sometimes. You have to go, well, if I'm reading this, and if Paul's saying this, you have to put this mindset on. Why is he writing this? Does that make sense? Like, so part of what you see in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is Paul's making this long argument about like, hey, when you get together, uh, speaking in tongues is like one thing, but what I'd rather you do is I'd rather you prophesy. Why would Paul write, write a letter in which he tells the church, I would rather you prophesy than speak in tongues at church? Why would he do that? Because the Corinthian church wanted to do what? Speak in tongues. They thought it was the best thing, right? They thought this is, this is the sign that the Spirit is with us. And Paul's like, look, I get it. It is a sign of the Spirit. It's good. I actually do it more than all of you. I wish that everyone did it, but when you get together, I would rather you speak five intelligible words that build people up, right? So this is what he's saying. And he is offering this corrective. And he's saying, from that point on, he is saying that what he'd rather happen in church is that they would be a prophetic church. Now, one of the things that we have to do if we're going to talk about being a prophetic community, and especially with respect to orientation, is we have to pick up on one of the little subharmonics that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, how many of you noticed that when Ray was reading this morning and then in the passage that I read, which connects to it, how many of you noticed that the word strengthen was used six times? Hmm, that's interesting, isn't it? If you didn't notice that, go back to your Bible and maybe this afternoon or maybe even in the moment and either highlight or just underline the word strengthen. Uh, six times the word strengthen is used Five of those times, it's directly connected to the idea that prophecy strengthens people or it builds the church up. So here's, here's what it means to be a prophetic community in one sense. A prophetic community is a gathering where people get together and the, one of the express purposes of that gathering is that it would build people up. That, that by being here, 
we would become encouraged and we'd become stronger. This is part of the orientation. And the way that tongues alienates individuals, unless it's interpreted, prophecy strengthens. Okay, orientation. There's a sense in which this passage is offering us an invitation to the kind of church we could be. What sort of orientation a church could and should have. And here's the way that I've been reading this passage this week. Um, I believe that there's a gift of tongues orientation and then that there's a prophetic orientation that a church could have. A gift of tongues orientation and a prophetic orientation. And Paul says, lean towards prophecy. And by the way, this makes sense. It makes sense because in the Corinthian church, they had all kinds of problems and it wasn't just spiritual gifts. If you read everything that came up before 1 Corinthians chapter, say, 12, all it is is Paul correcting one problem after another. And here are some of the problems that the Corinthian church had. Sexual immorality. Lawsuits among believers. People just suing each other, you know? Which means, which means they couldn't work it out. It wasn't just that they were going to court. It was that they couldn't work it out together. Like, like the Spirit of God among them the unity that we have in Jesus wasn't enough for people to work it out. Uh, people sleeping together, like, like in ways that even unbelievers wouldn't do, is what Paul says, right? Uh, not only that, uh, spiritual pride. The Corinthian church was filled with spiritual pride. Uh, not only that, uh, they would argue about who they're going to follow. I mean, in fact, the letter to the Corinthians opens up with Paul saying, well, some of you say what? I follow Apollos. And some of you say, well, I follow Peter. And then always, there's always the trump card, right? So the last person says what? I follow Jesus, you know, the super Christians. But, but there's just like this division everywhere, right? There's division, there's sexual immorality, there's spiritual pride. No one can work anything out. So we got to like sue each other. And then on top of it, there's this sense in which the most spiritual people in the room are the ones who speak in tongues on Sunday morning. I hope you're seeing this through line here, right? Paul even says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that tongues does what? It builds who up? Builds the individual up, right? When, when, you, when you see this orientation towards tongues, and by the way, I'm not saying tongues is bad, but when you see the orientation towards tongues, how many of you see, if you go back through the letter and see all the problems that the church had, all of them were rooted in a particular kind of self-serving selfishness and the spiritual gifts that manifested or the ones they most highly valued were the ones that mostly what benefited who? Them. But Paul says, no, if you want to be a prophetic community, uh, the orientation is not towards yourself. It's towards who? Literally everyone else in the room. Why? Because it does what? It strengthens them. It strengthens them. So here's what I'd like to say, Vineyard. Uh, the invitation here to be a prophetic community the invitation is really basic. It's the invitation to see others, especially when we come to church, especially when we come to church. Uh, we're here to worship God, but we're also here to see our brothers and sister and to give our gifts that other people might be strengthened. Like that's why we come here. Hey, Seth, will you put up 
1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26, and we'll get there in just a minute. Here's what it means to be the prophetic church. To come to, come to church on Sunday morning ready to give your gifts. Ready to give your gifts. Uh, that means you actually have to know your gifts. That means you, you need to have maybe practiced a little bit. That also means that Sunday morning needs to be open enough that we could experiment a little bit. That means showing up anytime the church gets together, whether it's Sunday or home groups or even through text messages, and showing up in a way that strengthens other people. How many of us wake up on, in, the, in the morning on Sundays when we're driving here and we think, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, part of what I want to do today is I want to worship God, but I want to show up into this room so that I might strengthen someone else. Probably most of us don't because church just takes up another kind of space in our brains. But if we're going to be a prophetic community, uh, that mindset will have to settle on all of us. Like I'm coming here for the Lord and for other people that others might be strengthened. Um, here's what it means to be the prophetic community. That, that through expressing the fruits of the Spirit, uh, by giving other people in this room love, joy, peace, and patience, that Jesus' alternative society known as the kingdom of God could take root. How many of you know that some of us in the room uh, need love, joy, peace, and patience? And, and you're probably, maybe the only way you're going to even be able to get it is to like acquire it from somebody who's sitting around you this morning. How many of you know that if you came in with joy, it wasn't just for you? It's for you to pass along. How many of you know that if you, if you have like the kindness of God, uh, it's not just for you, it's for you to pass along, you know? Uh, it's, it's to give away. Uh, it, this is with the fruit of the Spirit, but it's also with the gifts of the Spirit. It means, it means showing up and speaking maybe prophetic words of encouragement and strength to other people. It could mean praying for the person in front of you. Uh, it, could, it could mean coming in and asking someone else in this room about their life. <laughs> like, what does it mean to be a prophetic community? Uh, some of y'all thought I was going to give you some, like, real high-minded heavenly answer. No, it gets so low to the ground. Like, come to church and ask another human being, how is your life? And just wait. And if their life isn't great, this is what you say. Wow, I, I am sorry that is happening. Can I pray for you right now? Why don't you repeat after me this little question? Can I pray for you right now? Seven flipping words. Listen, listen, if this gets ingrained in our church community, we will, we will, shift, we will shift into being a prophetic community. That's what it means to be a prophetic community. Like, I'm, I'm here for the Lord, but I'm here for others. I'm coming here for others. Coming in ready to give to God in worship and ready to give others from the streams that flow out of my life. Uh, here's some definitions of the prophetic church. The prophetic church is the place where everybody brings their gift. I love this. Look at what Paul says, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26. This is like one of those things that's highlighted in my Bible in like 19 colors. When you meet together, one will sing. Glenn's going to sing. Glenn's going to sing. Someone else, Adam will teach. Another will tell a special revelation God will give. Another will speak in tongues. Someone else will interpret. By the way, how many of you understand this is not an exhaustive list? This is just like some stuff that could happen 
right? But, but the point here is that everybody's coming with something. Everybody, like what is a prophetic community? It's the one where everybody comes with something. Listen, if, if you have the spirit of God in you, you, you have the potential to come with something. Every time we get together, everyone has something. No one has everything and everybody has something. Like what is it? Like, like the prophetic community is where we begin to wake up to that and begin to share. And here's the other part. You don't need the microphone to do it. I mean, if you want to come stand on this little, my little comedy stage, you can. It is. This is my little comedy. I realized when Richard and the guys built it for me, I was like, I feel like I'm in a stand-up comedy place now, you know? We need a brick wall back there. <laughs> but you don't, I mean, you can stand up here. Like, I'll share the microphone with you, but you don't need it. Like, in order to bring the gifts, the fruit or the gifts of the Spirit that others might be strengthened, I, that could happen in coffee. That could happen afterwards. That could happen, like, in an in-between moment. It could happen during worship. God might give you a special a special in, in, word of knowledge or a special impression to go and pray for someone else in this room. You don't have to sit in your seat. You can move around. It's legal. You can go up and just pray for someone. That's what it means to be the prophetic community. The prophetic church is the place where everyone brings their gift. The prophetic church is a place where people give their gifts so that others might be strengthened. The prophetic church is a place where, where the individuals see others. And not just like, I see the outline of your body but I see the person that you are. And I'm interested enough to dig in and go, what is, what's bubbling in there? Like, what happened to you this week? Are you okay? Are your kids making it? Like, are you, are you ha- how's your marriage? Are you, are you surviving? Are you thriving? I saw your kid graduated. Where are they going to college? You know, I, I heard that you've had a tough time. I heard that maybe you lost your job. Can I pray for you right now? This is the prophetic church. The prophetic church is the one where every individual is becoming awake to the fact that God wants to move through them for the strengthening of someone else in the room. The prophetic church is not passive. The prophetic church is the one where people give their gifts to bless, not to shore up an unmet need for significance. I should probably say that again. See, the prophetic church is the one where people give their gifts to bless and to strengthen, not to shore up an unmet need for significance. How many of you have ever felt like somebody else's experiment? <laughs> you know, how many, of you, how many of you have ever like experienced somebody's ministry and you realized, oh, it really wasn't about me. It was just about them needing to feel significant. They wanted a story. That's not the prophetic church. That's, that's the tongues church. The prophetic church is the one that wants to strengthen someone else in the room. Some of you might be thinking, well, but what about when I'm weak? What about when I'm weak? Adam, you're saying the prophetic church is like, I come here, I bring my gifts, I give. But what about when I'm weak and I don't feel like I have the strength? You know, sometimes we come to church and we're weak. Uh, sometimes we come to church and we're like sick in our body. And I don't just mean you have the flu, but like you have something chronic and it isn't going away. Like maybe, maybe you're really, really sick. Or, or maybe just life's been hard, like really hard. And not for a day or two, but like really hard. And not just like there was no coffee at work this week. But it was actually difficult, you know. You've been grinding your face. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you came here and the truth is, is you, you just found yourself neck deep in sin. 
you know? There's a few hundred people here this morning. Some of us are neck deep in things that we need to get out of, and you know it, right? And you're saying, Adam, the prophetic community is the one where we give our gifts, and man, I'm neck deep in sin, or I am weak, or I'm really sick in my body. What do we do then? A couple things. Uh, Number one, what better place for you when you're weak than a church whose orientation is bent towards strengthening the weak? That's the first thing I'd like to say. Like, it's why you come to church. Like, you come to church when you're weak, hopefully because someone else in the room is strong. Like, here's the definition of church. Uh, Church is the place where uh, some of us are up and some of us are down. It's like a carousel. And if you come here long enough, you will be all the places. You know? Yeah. Well, what if I'm weak? Well, what a, what, what a great place to be here. You know? What a great place to be when you're sick, uh, that somebody might pray for you. What a great place to be when you're neck deep in sin. Let me tell you, the place to come when you really, really got, have your life jacked up, come to church. I just want to say this, too, for everybody who's a real, like, really great sinner, come to the vineyard. Come to the vineyard. If you're really good at sinning, come to the vineyard. This is a great place for you. This is a great place for you. We will not kick you out because you're a great sinner. Uh, Some of us in this room have also been great sinners, you know? Some of us in this room might one day sin greatly again. And we need you to be here because the Spirit of God wants to touch you wherever you are at. That's just the way it works. Like, what a great place to be. And if you're in neck deep in sin this morning, I am so glad you are here. I am so glad you're here. God wants to meet you and he wants to set you free. But the second thing, the second thing I've discovered is this. I've discovered that I can give even when I'm weak. Why? Because I don't have to have my life together in order to be useful to God. See, part of the cultural narrative is this. Part of the cultural cultural narrative is that we bless and minister from our strengths, from the places that were impressive, from the places that were attractive and polished. That's like the cultural narrative. Like, lead from your strengths. How many of you ever, have ever had a consultant tell you that? You know, what you got to do is you got to lead from your strengths, you know? Lead from your strengths. Lead from the places where you're impressive. Lead from the places where you are polished, like Lead from the places where you're doing really good. But in God's kingdom, we can give our gifts even in weakness. In God's kingdom, Jesus heals the world, not with a word or a touch or some bit of stupefying magic. Jesus heals the world hanging naked on a cross. Jesus heals the world in his weakness. This is what it means to be the prophetic community, that we give to share and to bless, but we do it not only when we're strong, but we can do it even when we're weak. Jesus didn't heal the world with a touch or a word or some bit of stupefying magic. He did it with his naked body on a cross. This means we can give and strengthen even in our weak places. This is what it means to be the prophetic community. The prophetic community isn't the place where some impressive person grabs the microphone, gives you a shiny message and touches someone and they're instantly healed. The prophetic community is the one where the weakest person gives the most precious thing. That's the prophetic community. And that's the thing that runs counter to the world. Seth, can we put up the Walter Brueggemann quote again? I'm going to hammer us with this until we are done. 
I'm going to hammer this. Walter Brueggemann, great Old Testament scholar, says this, the task of prophetic ministry is to nurture, nourish, and evoke a consciousness and perception alternative to the consciousness and perception of the dominant culture around us. I suggest that prophetic ministry has, has to do not primarily, primarily with addressing specific public crises, but with addressing in season and out of season the dominant crisis that is enduring and resilient of having our alternative vocation co-opted and domesticated. Listen, if we become the community where even the weak can give the precious thing, we will, we will live in our true vocation and we will resist being co-opted and domesticated by a dominant cultural narrative that wants to neuter the church into a political party or into some other ideology or into simply being a buying mechanism for Amazon done went to preaching but this is this is the thing this is how we i was talking to you last week about staying peculiar not not necessarily weird but peculiar that's different the way that the church becomes peculiar is to lean into the gospel story that jesus heals the world in his weakness to proclaim it to be a people to be a people of god consciousness who come to church to give their gifts to other people, whatever they are, every single Sunday, looking at people around us, meeting them, entering into their story, and giving the thing that we have to give. Even if we're weak, not only when we're strong, even if we're weak, if we do that, we will, we will retain our vocation of being the peculiar people of God known as Jesus's kingdom. This is the thing. This is the thing. It's how we keep our vocation. Somebody said, this is the way. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> Correct. Correct. All right. Hey, if you're in the worship band, come on up, Glenn. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.